Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to turn in your Bibles today to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start there. Romans chapter 8. Then I want you to put your finger in John chapter 6 and be ready to turn there. And we're going to read from these two passages of Scripture uh, today. And and after that, I'll give you some other passages that you can go home and read and do your homework on. um, And let the Lord reveal to you. And let the Lord speak to you as you read His Word. Well, Pastor, I don't read my Bible. Well, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And, but you don't have to stay in trouble. But you're in trouble. Uh, so you need to read your Bible. You need to let the Lord speak to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh. And I want you to grab this, these next three words. Set their minds. They set their minds, they set their thinking on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God said you need some peace in your life. Get spirit-minded. Hallelujah. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Now I want you to go over to John chapter 6. Praise the Lord today. John chapter 6, and we're talking about today, we're going to be talking about your thinking. John chapter 6 and verse 1, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Now listen now, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus said, I'm not in reaction mode. That's for somebody today. I feel that in my spirit. You need to get out of the thinking that God is reacting to your situation. You need to realize that God already knew it happened before you were ever a twinkle in your parents' eye. He's not reacting. But there's some things that happen or God allows to happen because he needs to change the way you... Here we go now. We, uh, somebody, some of y'all are already with me. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread. A denarii is a day's wage. 200 denarii worth of bread uh, uh, is not sufficient for them that everyone may have a little. One of, dis- one of his disciples, Andrew Simon's Peter brother said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they? 
among so many. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. So there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of 5,000. Oh, I could preach for a moment on that about the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples sitting down and likewise of the fish as much. I need everybody to say this as much on the count of three. One, two, three, as much. As much as they wanted, not needed. Jesus said, I wasn't even asking about your appetite. As much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Watch this. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Amen. Now, you can write this down later and you can study on your own. Mark, Mark 6, 34 through 44. And Matthew 14, 14 through 21. Basically, it is the same story, but it is the story according to Mark and the story according to Matthew. And I'm going to be drawing from all three of those stories today. So I ask that you would go home and be like the Bereans and search the scriptures out to see what they say and to see if what is being preached is of God. I know it's of God. I just want you to read your Bible. Amen. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help today. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we could end this service right now and we have already, already been blessed by you. But God, today you've got a word for the people. And so we stand today revering your word, honoring your word ready to hear and receive your word. So God, grant us revelation. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to obey. Father, grant me a prophetic utterance to speak into the hearing of your people, that the words that come from my lips will be only the words that have come from your lips. I yield this vessel to you, God, and I say, fill it again, O Lord. Look upon my availability and not my ability. May your spirit move powerfully as I preach this word today. And God, may you get the glory for everything that is said and done. We'll be sure and careful to give it to you. And so we thank you today, God, that you are here to break every limitation off of the people of God. Now I release that anointing in this house in the name of Jesus. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. I need you to look at five people and say, neighbor, it's time to change the way you think. It's time to change the way you think. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, again, I want to just say this so that you understand where we're coming from. Today, as I preach, I'm going to be drawing from John 6, Mark 6, and Matthew 14. These are all the same stories, but they are in their, the, the gospel according to John, uh, the gospel according to Mark, and the gospel according to Matthew.
Now, let me just give 60 seconds of a quick Bible teaching on hermeneutics real quick. The reason you have four different gospels is so that you can get four different points of view from the same truth. So when you, when you hear, if, if, if me and Chance were to see the same thing, let's say we seen somebody do something down here or we seen a miracle happen at the altar, Chance may tell it one way and he may, uh, he may have certain uh, things that I might miss out on, but then I might tell the story and be able to add certain truths that Chance missed out on because we were focusing on some of the different things, but the truth is still the truth. Shout amen to that. So this is why I'm drawing from all, th all three of these books because the story is in all three of them. But what you must understand is that each one of them is bringing something different to your life. That's why you can't get bored with the word of God. I feel like preaching for 60 more seconds on it. That's why when you think you've got everything the Bible has, Jesus said, really? You don't even even scratch the surface because you're reading it with a fleshly mind. But if you'll hop in the spirit, I'll begin to open to you the mysteries that you do not even know exist. And so this is why we're drawing from all three of these scriptures today. I'm going to preach today on the dimensional glory and carnal thinking. Dimensional glory and carnal thinking. Because what you must understand is that if, if you can be you can have the dimensional glory on your life, but as you begin to embrace carnal thinking, it will begin to take you out of the dimensional glory. You have to have the mind of the spirit. Uh, the apostle Paul said, and we have the mind of Christ. Now you have, if you're born again, you have the mind of Christ, but sometimes you've got to stir it up. Hallelujah. You got to stir up the mind of Christ. And so over the past several weeks, we've been in this series I've named Dimensional Glory. This dimensional glory is a glory that can manifest on your life as you walk on this earth. It is a glory that comes from heaven while you are on this earth. It is the glory that Jesus walked in while he was on this earth. We know that this glory uh, is, is obtainable for us, but it's not only obtainable for us, but we know it is Jesus's desire for us to have it. How do you know that? Because the Bible says in John 17, 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. But you must understand that you can have something that is yours, but if you don't know about it, then you won't never receive it. If I put a million dollars in the bank downtown for you and put your name on it and said you can uh, withdraw it and do whatever you want to with it, but if I didn't tell you about it, it has not done much good to you, has it? Because you don't have a revelation that you have a million dollars in a bank. Well, God gives a dimensional glory that Jesus walked in on this earth to his people but if you don't have a revelation that it exists and it is for you then you'll walk around and never know that you can walk in a dimensional glory that is not limited to nor restricted by the limitations of this world ah we're gonna go somewhere today what is the dimensional glory I'm just a quick recap because last week I had to take a break from it. What is this dimensional glory? It is the manifestation of God's presence that comes on your life that breaks off the limitations of this world. 
How many are sick and tired of living with the limitations of this world on your life? Hallelujah. Listen, when Adam and Eve, let me give you just a quick history on this. When Adam and Eve allowed sin to come into the world, watch, a curse came with it. A curse came with it. One of the things the curse released upon the earth was limitations. Here's a news flash for some folk. God never designed men or never designed humans to live with limitations. Oh, I kicked a religious devil in the mouth. I felt that thing push against me, but I'm gonna win. I always win. Amen. God created me and created you to not live with limitations. When Adam and Eve was in the garden before sin came in, there was no limitations. None. God came and walked with them in the cool of the day. There was no limitations. Limitations came with the curse. Hallelujah. Listen, carnal thinking is our number one enemy. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Carnal thinking will always neutralize and eventually paralyze our faith to operate in dimensional glory. Stay with me now. Carnal thinking is looking at or approaching situations, circumstances, or opposition and restricting the results to the limitations and abilities of man. I think half of you got one sentence on that. Let's go back. Let's go back. Carnal thinking is looking at, let me make it personal for you, looking at or approaching your situations, your circumstances, what is happening in your life right now, or the opposition that is coming against you, and restricting the results, restricting what can happen in that situation to the limitations and abilities of man. This is where the church is right now, the Church of America. We have looked at situations and circumstances. We have looked at the opposition of the enemy and we realize that it is there, but we have restricted the results down to the abilities of man. What if the church said, I'm no longer going to restrict the result to the ability and what man can do, but I'm going to take God out of his box and I'm going to say, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. If the church would get this kind of mindset, I believe that COVID would go away overnight because we would no longer restrict it to what man can do, but we would release the power of of God and see what he can do. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. This is what I believe the church has, has restricted this down to the limitations of man, the ability of man, and man can't do much. 
When you look at the ability of man without God, oh, we're so limited. Oh, we're so confined. Oh, we're to a place where we can't even help ourselves. But when man gives his complete all to God, the limitations break off of that man. And now we see that a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but none shall come near me. This is God showing up. I'm still in my introduction. Stay with me. When Jesus hung on a cross, he became, the Bible says, he became the curse. Watch this. For cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. When we put our trust and faith in him, the curse is broken off of us. When we, no long, we are no longer living under the curse, watch this, but we live under the blessing of God. And watch this, in Christ we are the children of God and we have the blessing of Abraham. Did you just get that? I'm in my introduction that helps somebody. Listen, you don't have my blessing and I don't have your blessing. But when you're in Christ Jesus, you have the blessing of Abraham upon your life. What was the blessing of Abraham? Look at the stars. And if you can count them, you can count your descendants. What was the blessing of Abraham? If they curse you, I'll curse them. But if they bless you, I'll bless them. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I'm taking you through a thought, uh, a series of thoughts. Even though in Christ, the curse has been broken off of us. It has, watch this, it has not been broken off of this world. This is what the Bible means that there will one day there will be a new earth and new heavens. Because when the curse, when sin came into the world, the, the, listen, when, when Adam and Eve allowed sin in, the earth was cursed. Stay with me. The earth is cursed, but you ain't. That means... The curse is still operating in and upon this world. That means that sickness, disease, lack, poverty, death, and many other things that come from Satan are operating in this world. Stay with me. They, these are all manifestations of the curse in this world. The Bible says that through the first Adam, death entered into this world. In other words, through the first Adam, the curse entered into this world. But through the second Adam, life came to us. In other words, through the second Adam, Jesus Christ, the blessing came to us. Now, if the curse through the first Adam is that powerful, imagine how much more powerful the blessing is through the second Adam, Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to bring you somewhere. Hallelujah. In John 17, Jesus prayed to the Father and said, I pray that you, watch this, would not take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. In other words, God, stay with me. This, this is where you want to be right here. Don't take them out of the place of limitations. But give them a glory to break off limit. Ah. 
give them a glory that breaks off the limitations so that when people see them in the world and the limitations are broken, they will say, who is your God? I want to serve who you are serving. So keep them in the place of limitation, but don't let the limitations bound them. Hallelujah. Think about this. Think about it. When Jesus said, I'm still in my introduction. When Jesus said, go into all the world and preach this gospel. And when you go, or while you go, stay with me now. Lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. When you encounter demonic spirits, Cast them out. When, listen, if you drink anything deadly or if you're bitten by anything poisonous, it will not harm you. Watch this. And when you preach this gospel, I will baptize people in my spirit and even give them a heavenly language on the earth. That's Mark chapter 16 in case you don't know. Also, when you preach this gospel, he said, don't worry about whether you got money or not. He told his disciples, he said, don't even take no clothes with you. Watch this. Your clothes will be waiting on you. Your food will be waiting on you. Your money will be waiting on you. All I need you to do is preach this gospel. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things are going to be added to you. Stay with me. When you read this in the Bible, you realize that all the things that he just listed are limitations. They're limitations to your health. They're limitations to your mind. They're, limit, they're limitations to your spiritual well-being. It's hard to serve the Lord when you've got some kind of demon that's constantly oppressing you. It's hard to serve the Lord when a disease is trying to take you out. It is hard to serve the Lord when every time you look around, there's an attack from, from the enemy that seems to be prospering you. It's hard to serve the Lord when sometimes you don't even know know what to pray and you don't have a heavenly language to pray for you these are all limitations but Jesus said when you preach my gospel I'm going to break off every limitation I'll heal your body I'll cast those demons out I'll even give you a language that you don't even know but I know when you pray it for heaven that you can pray weapons of mass destruction on this earth He said, I'll break off every limitation that you have. Glory be to God. Today, I've chosen the name of this message, this dimensional glory and carnal thinking, because watch this. What God wants to do through this service today is break off the limitations. I found in my time of walking with the Lord, I know I look 26, but... I did until somebody spray painted my hair up here. Somebody asked me one day, they said, Pastor, do you dye your hair? I said, yeah, great, look. <laughs> if I'm gonna dye it, it ain't gonna be great, Brother Trey, amen. <laughs> amen, we'll put some black in there. No, I'm just kidding, amen. But listen carefully, watch this. I've chose this 
message today, dimensional glory and carnal thinking because in my short time of serving with the Lord, walking with the Lord, I've realized the devil is not my number one enemy. <laughs> he can't do nothing like I can do. I've realized that the, the people who hate me and are jealous or envious of me and want to see my downfall, they are not my number one enemy. I realize, and you realize that your boss or your coworkers, they're not your number one enemy. Your mom-in-law or your dead-in-law or whoever, they are not your number one enemy. Your number one enemy is carnal thinking. There it is. It is carnal thinking. It is fleshly thinking. It is worldly thinking. Gonna let that sit for a minute. Romans 12, let's get some Bible. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brother. That's just a good old King James word for I beg you, I plead with you. Matter of fact, if, if I could make you, I would. I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Watch this, listen to what he said, and do not be conformed. There's a lot of conforming going on right now. Even in the church, we got folk conforming to the ways of the world, acting like the world, talking like the world, living like the world, believing like the world. There's a lot of conforming that is going on. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. He said, you can have a Holy Ghost party, that's good. We gonna dance, we gonna shout, we gonna sing, we gonna clap, we gonna do all that. All that is good. I don't want you to stop any of it, but what I need you to have is a transformation of mind that though you are in the world you're not of the world what I need you to have is a transformation of your mind that knows that I can walk in a dimensional glory and when that glory is in and on my life it will begin to break the limitations off of everything that I see in this world I don't have to be like that but I must be transformed Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Many times in the church, when we read this passage of scripture, when we read this in Romans chapter 8, we think being fleshly minded, watch this, is living a life of blatant sin. And can I tell you, it is part of that, but that's not what the apostle Paul is talking about. The apostle Paul was not writing to the heathens in Romans. Or in Rome. He was, not, he was not writing to the lost in Rome. He was not writing to the demonic in, law, in Rome. He was writing to the church in Rome. So many times we shout, yeah, when we talk about fleshly mind and we automatically think about the adulterer, the liar, the cheater. We automatically think about the person who has a crack pipe in their mouth or the person who's a drunkard or the person that's out there doing, uh, doing all these crazy things. But can I tell you, when we talk about in the church being fleshly minded, probably is not that. Being fleshly minded is sitting there putting God in a box saying, I'm going to trust what man is doing and I'm not going to let God have any kind of control over it this is fleshly minded this is being carnally minded oh I feel like I'm gonna kick some devils right now 
Hallelujah. He's writing to people that have given their lives to Christ. Many times we fail to realize is, is that carnal thinking is looking at or approaching a situation on this earth. Watch this. Within our own understanding. What does the Bible say? Lean not upon your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will direct your paths. Glory be to God. When we approach situations, circumstances, when we approach our life or what we face in life and say, this is only how it can be through my own understanding. This is carnal thinking. Here's a revelation for some of us. God wants to work a miracle. And can I tell you, your own understanding many times does not have a miracle in mind. Oh, help me, Jesus, in this place today. God wants to look at every obstacle and impossible circumstance, watch this, and wants us to invite his dimensional glory on earth to change it. God wants to look at every limitation that speaks to our lives and watch this, and shout at that limitation with a louder voice, my God is able. God wants to look at every, listen, he wants us to look at every giant that seeks to defy the armies of God and tell it, you may come at me with a javelin, a spear, and a, and a shield, but I come at you in the name of the Lord, of the God of Israel, whose son is Jesus, my Messiah. God wants us to look at every one of those moments and invite his glory in it to change it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In our text today, we're ready to go there now. That was just to get y'all ready. In our text today, when Jesus sees the multitude and calls the disciples together, he asked them a question. Now, here's a help for y'all. It took me a little while to realize this, living with the Lord. When God asks you something, it ain't because he don't have the answer. He's not asking you because he doesn't know what he's going to do. He's asking you to test you to see what's in your heart. So he says, uh, man, I want to feed all these people. They're hungry. I've been preaching to them. I mean, they, the, these folks have been in a service at Abundant Life. Their stomachs are growling. Water just ain't doing it no more. They done drank three bottles, but everything's saying, I want something of substance. Pastor Jeremiah's been preaching. We done had two altar calls. We done had communion, tithes and offerings. We done done a worship set that burnt 2,000 calories and they hungry. I mean, my God, they need something. <laughs> Watch this. When he asked this question, it isn't because he's fretting over what's about to happen. 
It isn't because he doesn't know what's about to happen. Watch this. When he asks this question, he, it, it isn't that he's stressed out or all frantic or worried. Oh, what are we going to do? Fill up with these people. He is presenting a situation to, to them to under, for them to understand that their carnal way of thinking is causing them to live restricted to the world's limitations. And here we are, church of 2021. We want every other situation to COVID and any other plague but what God says. There it is. There's the elephant in the room. Let's let it sit for a minute. We want every other situation, I mean, every other option. We want everything else. We take what the world says as it is divine truth and have yet to open the Bible and see what God has to say about it. So here we are, Church of America, and we're on the third plague. Number three, got a R1, whatever, R2, R3, something like that. Is it okay that I talk about this? Did I hit this? Here we are. They said the other day, R1, they said this R1's coming out. Over 25% of the people that's died from it, they've been vaccinated. They said the vaccination has no power to it. Here we are. Who are we going to depend on now? Who are we going to call to now? Who are we going to trust in now? Until the church wakes up and says, you are my source. It is the reason why I breathe. You are the reason why I live. I cannot even exist without you. We going to stay in this mess for a little while. And God is saying, hey, Philip, I actually know what I want to do anyway. I'm just wake, trying to wake you up to your carnal thinking. That's all I'm trying to do. Philip, I actually, I actually made sure that little boy came with those five loaves and two fish. I had this whole thing set up before you ever showed up. I was already making, I was already adjusting things. As a matter of fact, I told the angels, bring about 10,000 more of them so that when the disciples looked at them, they realized there ain't nothing that man can do. There ain't nothing. Man don't have an answer and man will never have an answer. And even if you get as much money as you want, you still can't feed them. It's still going to be insufficient. But Philip, when you look at your carnal thinking and say, I'm not called out to the bank I'm not calling out the man but I'm calling out to my God I will feed the whole multitude and it's gonna be more than enough 
Here we are. Here we are. And I believe David knew it. I believe David knew it when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He said, he said he's, he's my shepherd. He's, he's constantly looking over. He said, I ain't gonna lack nothing. He leadeth me beside still waters. He places me in the green pastures. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, COVID, whatever, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. <laughs> the rod and my staff. I feel the power of God hitting this place right now. Thy rod and thy staff. Ah, thy rod and thy staff. He said, God is walking with me and he's got a rod on this side and a staff on this side. And anything that wants to try to take me out, a rod hits it here and a staff will hit it here. Walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. I'll feel no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Ah, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. I believe the Lord looked through the eons of time and said, church, I got a word. I have an answer. I have a plan. If you'll wake up and throw your carnal thinking off and embrace me, I will protect you. I will provide for you. I got your back. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Come on, give him a praise. Shout for the Lord. And say, this is the last day I'm going to think like the world. This is the last day I'm going to act like the world. This is the last day I'm going to believe like the world. This is the last day I'm going to give like the world. This is the last day. This is the last moment. I am fully embracing God's plan. And I feel like the Shatetable, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they said, even if the Lord don't deliver me, I will not 
will not give up. I will not quit preaching this glorious gospel to God for this purpose. I am here. Somebody give him a praise if you know he knows how to take care of you. This is what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church right now. How can the world keep you when the world did not birth you? How can the government keep you when they did not birth you? Only the Holy Ghost birthed the church on the day of Pentecost. To look to anybody else is foolish. To depend on anybody else is foolish. God is saying, church, come on. Come out of the wilderness. Call on me. Call on me. Have faith in me. Trust me to take care of you. Come on, stand up all over this place. I didn't even get to number one. Jesus. Right now, the, one of the biggest challenges in the body of Christ is this. 
embracing a mindset of mixture. It's Jesus and. It's the Bible and. Man, if it's that, I definitely ain't about to trust God with my eternal salvation. And God is saying, I almost done an illustration up here today, had me a clean glass of water. And I was just going to take a little bit of this Georgia red clay we have and just sprinkle it in it and see who wanted to drink it. Just a little bit of mixture. Jesus said a little bit of leaven. Leavened a whole lump. And I was going to pass it around the sanctuary and say, hey, anybody want to drink Georgia red clay water? Jesus said, I want you to be hot or I want you to be cold. But if you mix them, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Lord, God is calling the church. Trust in me. Lean on me. Call on me. He told Israel, he told Israel, uh, one of the kings, he decided to go to all the other nations to, for help. And, he came, and it came time and they, and, and, and they were seeking the prophet and the prophet said, God ain't helping. He said, you called on everybody else. And now you want to try to come to the Lord to get him to do a quick fix for you. No, 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 no. Call on God. Have faith in his word. Here's a news flash and then I'm done. If his word ain't real, can I say ain't? If his word ain't real and it ain't the truth, you ain't going to heaven anyway because it's all a lie. You might as well quit now and go play golf. Because if some of us are lie, all of it is. But ain't none of it a lie. All of us truth. Can I get a good amen in the house of God? Father, thank you for this word. Lord, as your people may not know, but you know, I had to hear it first. Repent in my life for the times that I called on different people and things and didn't even consult you. Didn't even ask you. The times that I looked to other results or answers and didn't even ask you. Forgive us, God. Here we are today. Saying, Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you. Where else are we going to go, God? I don't have no other place to go. But I look to the hills. 
Where my help come from? My help cometh from the Lord. Father, across this congregation today, there are people facing many different things. The wonderful thing about serving you is you know all of us and everywhere we're at. You know our help, you know what we need. Father, we humble ourselves today. We pray, oh God. We lean on the Spirit and say, help us, mighty helper. Keep us in the center of your will. And I thank you for that today. I ask these things, not just for me, God, but for all who claim Abundant Life Church as their home. I ask this for all of us, God. Help us, oh God, to look to you in every situation. To do away with our carnal thinking and to embrace kingdom thinking in the name of Jesus. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.